Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Well, we've been um, just kicking off a a new season, uh, We Greater Than Me, and uh, you got to hear from Lou last week. Um, and she was talking about about friendship and the importance of of friendship. So um, that was amazing um, to hear her share the word. But today we're going to talk about parenting. Um, so that's why I've got I've got my sidekick up here because I certainly don't do it on my own. But uh, um, parenting's a, a bit of a funny one to to talk about in church in a way because uh, you can often feel like you're cutting out um, part of your congregation from. Um, wanting to, to know about something that it's just not relevant for them. But, but can I encourage you that um, if you aren't yet a parent, um, then perhaps maybe one day you will be. And um, for those that um, may not be parents or may not have that desire to be a parent, there, there are going to be times and seasons in your life where you are going to find yourself with parents who are struggling with their kids, um, and you may need to minister um, to them. So um, there are things that we will talk about today that um, that hopefully will help you if you find yourself in a situation um, like that. So, yeah, so we're going to talk about parenting, and rather than preach, we're going to have a bit of a conversation um, with you all. And um, I remember... I remember when we were expecting um, our first child, um, Zeke, uh, I remember thinking that if I read all the books and if I took all the advice, which often is pretty messy because it's quite conflicting, um, but if, if we listened to all of that and read everything, then, then we'd have it all figured out. And um, I, I remember going into... Um, the latest stages of pregnancy and thinking, yeah, we've got this. We've got this, babe. We, we know what we're doing. We're going to be fine. It's going to be easy. Uh, we, you know, we know. We know how to face those challenges uh, when they come. And, uh, of course, um, you don't have it all figured out. And, and I remember bringing home Zeke from the hospital and, and then just standing in the living room and just going, whoa, like... What do we do? How do we do this? How do we do this um, together? So we certainly don't claim to have it all figured out. Um, and we, um, you know, if we could go back back in time, there would be things that we would change about the way that we have um, parented. Um, but um, we just want to share with you, uh, I guess, a couple of stories and a couple of things that have really helped us um, as parents. Uh, and I, I think one of the, the earliest things that, that we did, and I think we had a conversation about this, is we decided in that moment when we were like, ah, how are we going to navigate parenting? We, we decided that we were going to glean, glean from those people who were around us, who, who, who were further down the track, um, whose children loved the house of God. And so we started to find those people in our world and um, come alongside them and just learn by watching and listening. And, um, yeah, and, and so um, that, that's probably one of those earliest things that, that we were able 
um, to do that really, really um, helped helped us carve out carve out that that way forward for us. Um, but I want to share three things, and Dave and I are going to bounce. He, he's been sprung. He's been sprung into this. You are going to talk. You are. Um, but the first one is about being on the same page. Um, so being on the same page, and um, what we found. Um, I guess in our time ministering to people through the years is that that when people come to, to talk to us and and share their struggles, um, we found that they're not always on the same page. They're actually parenting from two completely different uh, pages. And when I'm talking about being on the same page, I'm not talking about liking the same things because we don't, okay? We're not talking about, um, you know, enjoying the same leisure activities or anything like that. We're talking about the big things, those big things like how you spend your money in your household. We're talking about how you choose to discipline your children, um, what kind of boundaries you have um, in your home, what uh, what the values are that you want to have in your home um, and, and sharing those values together. I'll let you say something now, if you like. Um, you can share that story that we talked about. Yeah, I've got story upon story upon story. <laughs> so. um, you know, actually one came up through in COVID. This is not the one we talked about. But I remember sitting with a family and um, they had different views on the vaccination of their children. And that was a massive deal for them, like up to the point where there was a lot of opposition and arguing and dysfunction going on because one was very um, out in the conspiracy zone and one, another one was really for it and, and, and it was all over the shop. And I remember just sitting with them and, and there was nothing you could do because, because neither was willing to get on the same page. And to get on the same page as a couple, you actually need to compromise. There has to be compromises in in um, and how you come together. You know, when you get married, part of the, the process of marriage is that two become one, all right? So that two becomes one, but two, two separate people bring in two separate experiences, and we're talking about parenting, so bring in two separate parenting experiences into one environment. And if you don't learn to come together and, and bring that together in, and, and compromise in areas that... Yeah, you know, I'm not talking about compromising the big things, but I'm talking about you know, there's some little things that you can let go of, and 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 maybe your parents did that way, but that's okay. But but maybe you need to learn some new ways and new patterns and rhythms because because you're not your parents, and so there will be great things that our parents have done that we draw from, and there will be things that we think mm, maybe that doesn't work for us, and that's okay too. But the most I think the most important thing we've ever noticed with people is is um, is getting on the same page with things. When it comes to parenting, parenting, and it's not about my way is right, your way is wrong. It's about how can we do this together and do it into the best of our abilities. Um, and one couple, I remember, yeah, there was another couple that, um, yeah, they come from very different worlds, got married, and his parents parented very, very differently. Probably a lot more, um, I don't know what you would call it. Full on, or um, yeah, very, authoritarian. very authoritarian, and she, her parents were more relaxed, and you know that smacking wasn't a thing in her family. So when they came together, there was a there was a clash of like culture 
in the family, which was horrific. I remember sitting with this couple for, this is from years ago, but like I would get phone calls, like, because they'd just been arguing, like, so, so horrifically arguing, like, calling each other. It just got out of hand, you know. Um, but when you dig a little bit into the marriage, you start to realize the issue is not that they don't love each other or any of that kind of stuff. The issue is they can't get on the same page with things. So she would not allow him to look after the children at all. She would control the whole thing because she didn't trust him with the kids. And and so it was just like this crazy... So it wasn't until the kids were like older that he started to look after them. And and I just saw this, you know, I would talk to them about like, guys, you need to you need to get some agreement here like on how you're going to move forward as parents. And... But they just couldn't get there. They just wouldn't, weren't willing to let go of what they knew to be able to come together and find a new way together. So, um, yeah, anyway, I'll give back. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, I, I don't know if... I'm sure you've all probably experienced the, the times where um, you as a child or your siblings or even you as a parent have had children come to you and say, ''Hey, Dad, can I do this?'' or ''Hey, Dad, can I have that?'' And uh, dad will say no, so what do they do? Go to mum and uh, ask the same question. And so um, being on the same page for us has been um, really great because because we've known that we've had each other's back, um, that if, um, if we know the values of the household, if we know where we want to go, if we know what the discipline is, um, if we know the kind of language that we want to have in our house, and I know that if Dave says... Uh, if I say no and they go to Dave, um, most likely he's because he's on the same page. He's prob- they're probably going to get the same answer, or he will say, "What did Mum say?" <laughs> and um, so that that's been really beneficial for us. Just just having that you know that that universal language. We don't talk like that in this house. You know that's we show love and kindness in this house, and knowing that that we each are doing the same thing has been amazing. Uh, the second thing um, is loving your children. Um, of course, that's key. Uh, every parent wants to love their... Well, most parents want to love their children. And, um, and, and that can be really hard because um, in some ways you think every child is going to be the same. And it's not until you have a second child and a third child that you realise, hey, they are all actually quite different and um, they they need love um, in different ways. So um, I want to talk a little bit about um, loving your children in the way that they really, really need to be loved. So the deep kind of love um, that you can only discover if you are very invested uh, in, in their world. And uh, um, you've all heard of the five love languages probably so I, I guess it's based on based on that so the idea that that everyone needs to feel love uh, in different ways however there are some ways that we can show and experience love that are actually um, I guess more impacting on someone um, they can feel a deeper sense of worth and a deeper level of love if they receive receive it in certain ways. So um, some of those, those ways, there's five of them. So one of them being um, the whole idea of quality time. Um, so um, spending time with your children, um, having those one-on-one times um, with, 
with your children, letting them know that you actually want to be with them and you want to play with them and you want to spend time with them. Um, and I think these days our devices can be such a destructive thing in the home because it's very easy to be on the device and not really with your kids. Um, and he's on a... <laughs> So quality time. Uh, second one is presence. Uh, so um, many people feel and experience love um, through receiving of gifts, through presence. Um, and um, just to receive a gift, whether that is a handmade gift, whether it's a bought gift, whether it's a really intentional, well-thought-out gift, um, that can mean so much um, to some people. Uh, touch, uh, physical touch, um, the idea of, of hugging your children um, and letting them know th in ways that might be just like, like a pat on the back, a hug, um, holding their hand, um, when you're talking to them, just being close enough so that there is that, that level of touch with your child um, can, be, can actually mean more than even the words that you are saying um, to them. Um, what am I missing? Um, the acts of service. Um, so um, doing things for your children um, and, and sometimes that can be tricky because you feel like you're always doing things in the house, like always cleaning and folding clothes and cooking and all of that. But, but there, are, there are times where, where we have children who just really enjoy um, being served um, and um, they feel a great sense of satisfaction in um, being looked after <laughs> that, that way. Um, and... Words as well, so um, using our words, uh, spending time encouraging our children, um, being invested in their dreams and their passions and uh, encouraging them in that way um, to keep going, to keep pursuing, you can do it. Um, so those words of affirmation that can come through are really key. And so we were thinking um, about this with our children. Sorry, Jack, you're going to get embarrassed in a minute. I'll pre-warn you. Um, but thinking about our children, and I don't know if you've ever taken the time to really think through what, what is the languages of my children. Yes, they need all of them, but which ones are actually more dominant in each of my, each of my children? Which... Um, which ones do they really feel like they get their, their tank filled up? Which ones um, are more unique for each individual? So I was, I was thinking through and actually asked, um, actually asked, um, did I ask you, Jack? I must have been in the room. I asked Lucy and I asked Seek. But I, I wanted to know whether what I thought was actually what they, um, what, what they felt. Um, and so... Um, Lucy is a lot like me, um, and I picked hers straight away. Um, it's gifts. She loves presents. Um, every time Dave goes away, he's got to bring back a present. Um, anytime we go anywhere, she's got to have a present. Um, but for her to receive a gift, um, just um, it, it boosts her. You can, like, her whole facial expression changes. She feels happy, she feels loved. Um, and, and as well for her quality time. 
So if you start to hear your children say, can you spend time with me? Hey, can we hang out? Can we have a chat? Like all of those things are big clues um, to the fact that, that that's their, um, their language um, of love. Uh, for Jack, um, his number one, you have to tell me if I'm wrong, but his number one is probably um, like he's a big hugger. Thank you. He's a big hugger. So touch for him, um, feeling the hugs, um, but acts of service. So all I have to do is feed Jack, um, really. Um, lots of food. When he asks for lasagna, like I've got to make lasagna. So he, he's just, he's easy. <laughs> hugs and food, um, that's our Jack. And Zeke, um, quality time. Zeke loves a good conversation, a deep conversation, often at the most inconvenient times. Um, when you're tired at night, he'll come in and just want to lay on the bed and have a chat. And um, see, he's not here today. He's hurt, so injured, so I can talk about him. But um, quality time for him. Um, I didn't think touch was on the radar, but he told me, yeah, actually, I do like a good hug. Not very often, but that's actually pretty important to me. Um, so, yeah. So is there anything you want to add about that? Um, yeah. I was, I was just a few scriptures that came to mind, like... Um, I think when it's loving your kids, you really need the fruit of the Spirit. You really do. You need, you know, in um, Galatians 5, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And, uh, yeah, I, I feel like though that fruit from the Holy Spirit is so necessary um, in raising our kids. And, you know, it says elsewhere that love is patient, love is kind. You know, and it's like patience and kindness as you raise your children is, is super important. I know there are some other references there as well about what love is, but just those first two, you know, even just love is patient. I found, like, like patience is one of the worst things. I pray for it because I've had people, I've had people say to me, oh, Pastor, I just, I, I need patience. Can you pray for patience? I said, are you sure you want me to pray for that? Because you know what's going to happen? No, what's going to happen? Well, I'm going to pray for patience and then you're going to have to wait until you get patience. And that might take a long time. You know, uh, I've never prayed prayer because I just don't want to wait that long. But, but I think, yeah, the importance of you know, identifying what, how our kids receive love, but also how we, we, we give it and, uh, and how we work with that because it's super important that um, we are patient with them because they're going to give us plenty of times where we could flip the lid or whatever. Um, so I think that's really important. Yeah, good. And the third one um, is the importance of showing them um, how valuable the house of God is and how, um, how important it is to have a relationship um, with God and to, to love church. So I just want to read um, Deuteronomy chapter 6, sorry, chapter 6, verses 6 to 9, 5 to 9. Um, love God, your God, with your whole heart. Love him with all that's in you. Love him with all you've got. Write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts. Get them inside of you and then get them inside your children. Talk about them whenever you, wherever you are, sitting at home or walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. Tie them on your hands and foreheads as a reminder. Inscribe them on the doorposts of your homes and on your city gates. Now, we don't have that written across our, our door, um, but we, we made a decision early on um, in, in our marriage, um, in our journey as parenting, to make the house of God 
um, so important um, and to show the kids that that's what we do on Sundays um, and to talk about the reasons why we go to church, um, to talk about what we what we got out of church. And, um, and I think um, as... Um, as young children, they they watch so much and they take in so much of um, our behaviours, our attitudes, um, what we talk about. Um, they're, they're like sponges. And so from a very early age, they're, they're getting a whole, their whole idea of God from you. Um, when, um, when you talk about God, they're, they're understanding, I guess, the true picture of who he is by the way that you talk about him um, and the way that you talk about what he's done in your own life. Um, and so we found it so important to make sure that, um, that we didn't have spiritual control in our house, that it wasn't like a forced upon, you must um, do this. It was more um, of, of a conversation about why it's important And I think it's so valuable um, with our children to make sure that um, that we allow them to have their own faith, um, that we do it in a way that encourages them to to seek out God. And obviously, early on, we had patterns with the kids, reading devotions to them, um, praying with them. But, But as they get older, I think it's really important that we allow them to take ownership um, of their their own faith um, and um, make sure they have a Bible and encourage them to read it. But but um, sooner or later, they they have to own um, they have to own that themselves. Um, I think our homes, um, we need to, to model God's love in our homes to make sure that our homes are places where um, it's full of thankfulness rather than complaining um, and it's full of encouragement rather than criticism. Um, apologies and forgiveness matters um, and, and always like those fresh starts um, that you need to um, need to have in your home, but I'll let you share about um, that that couple. And remember when we were running youth? Does that jog your memory? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I yeah. uh, just wanted to touch on something too. There are no guarantees, so you can do everything right, and your kids can still go off the rails. There's no guarantees in this. It's not like if you do A, B, and C, you're gonna your kids will be in the house of God forever. Um, I feel it, I actually feel tremendously blessed that my children are still in the house of God, um, but I'm very much aware that um, it didn't take much for it to change. And um, yeah, I, I just think you got to be careful when you talk about this stuff that somehow you don't paint a picture that oh well you must have skipped B. That's why your kids aren't here or whatever. Because, because there's, no, it's not that. There's a point where our children get to a, an age where they must take responsibility for their own life. And I've met parents that can, have done everything right, absolutely everything right, and, uh, and, and they blame themselves for their children being out of the house. But it's not your fault. Because at, one, at some point, our children transition from the covering of their parents to their own relationship with Christ. And in that transition, sometimes they make decisions about the house of God and following Christ that, that we would not agree with. 
And it's where we turn into a great witness to their world. We have to be alongside them. We have to support them, even though they're making the wrong decisions. And uh, so, so you just got to be mindful of that when you're talking about parenting. There is no guarantee that just because we do devotions with our kids that somehow that's going to make them transition into, you know, an adult that loves the house of God. We've just got to, everyone's going to be on their own journey, right? Every kid's on their own journey. And, and what we try to do is what I try to do as a parent. Hopefully I've sown enough seeds into my kids that at some point those seeds are going to sprout and grow. And, and I've got seeds sown that I can pray into. So I know, no, there have been great seeds sown in them as children and as they've grown up. And um, I'm just going to pray that those seeds start to take root and start to grow a great tree of faith in their world. Um, you know, my brother's a great example. Andrew, he's our pastor up in Townsville. I was just there last week and he runs our campus up there. But he was in church. I was his youth pastor. Em and I were there, his youth pastor. And he loved the Lord. He was used to worship, a whole lot of stuff. And then he joined the army and went off the tracks and wasn't in church. And, you know, I'd go to Townsville or mum would go to Townsville and we'd drag him along to church when we we're up there. But he wouldn't go on his own. And then one day everything changed. And he turned, he, God got in his world. He rededicated his life. His wife now was with him and she gave a life to the Lord. She'd never stepped in church once. And then um, now they're pastoring a church. And, and so you go, well, what went wrong there? I don't know. Maybe it was the enticement of the world. Maybe it was the culture. He was in. Quite possibly could have been the army culture. It's pretty full on. But, um, but for whatever reason, he fell away from God. And, and, and when, when they fall away from God, the most important thing we can do is be there to support them, to love them, to be truth in their world, not to, you know, paint that it's okay that they're doing this or that, but to always keep that connection of love and, and, and parenting in, in place because, because there will come a time, there will come a time where they'll come back to the house of God and you're going to need to be there for them. Um, so you don't want to sever the relationship by being over-religious or, or, or critical all the time and, and but actually just learning to love them in the mess they're in. You know, that's what the prodigal son was in a mess, right? He come back to the father. He smelt like pigs in the pig pen, yet the father still embraced him. Actually, he covered him with a cloak and, and accepted him back into the family without even having a conversation with him. Um, so I think that's important. We had a family that we used to pastor uh, their kids in youth and um, they, I'm just trying to think the best way to word it, <laughs> but they had this philosophy in their parenting that, you know, the kids make the decision on whether they come to church or not, whether the church was important. And I remember, you know, they, the, the parents would come to church, but the kids didn't want to come. They wouldn't kind of encourage them to come. They said, oh, okay, you stay home. And, and I remember just thinking, that's not great. Um, you know, with my kids, there are times when they haven't wanted to come to church. And I've said, you're coming to church. Why? Because I'm your parent and I know what's best for you as your parent under God's covering. That's my job as the father and our mother. And, and uh, I, just, I just remember this family and I used to think, man, this is not going to end well. It's not going to end great because, because the house of God is not prioritised as important. Um, and like I said, there's no guarantees, but, you, but I think one thing we, we can do is prioritise the house of God as important. I'd prefer to be, you know, a gatekeeper in the house of God than not to be here at all. You know, there's Psalms that David writes about, you know, the importance of, he, you know, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. 
And there was a reason why he worded because it was important to pass on to the next generation that the house of God has high value in our in our lives and, and it's where destinies are revealed and where lives are revealed. But this family in particular, they were a great family, but I, I remember as I was youth pastoring them over the years and, you know, they'd be at youth all the time, but there was this enticement to the world in them. They just oh, one day I'm going to get to go to the nightclubs. One day I'm going to get to do this. And, and, and no word of a lie, by the time they were 18, the very moment they turned 18, they never came back to youth again and they were off in the nightclubs and living that lifestyle. And, and you know, like the parents are like, oh, we don't understand. But the reality was that the compromises along the way established a culture of church is not primary, it's optional. And so we, we start to create a culture in our children to think that church is, is, is optional. And, uh, and, and, and look, the reality is you don't have to be, you can be a Christian and not be in church. Of course you can. But there's something really important about the house of God, the family of God, when it comes to our children. You know, they have that saying, what's that saying? It, it takes a tribe to raise children, right? And, uh, and, and I've seen the benefit of that in our kids' lives where we've had people that have been in their life at certain times and they've been like second parents to our kids, you know? And, uh, and, and it's been a blessing because, because we don't feel like we're parenting alone. Um, and that's important in the house of God, to do it together. Um, is there anything else I can say? No, talking too much. Sorry. You took a few of my points, but that's all right. We can <laughs> can do that. Um, I, I do just want to finish up by just um, saying that um, prayer is key. Um, pray for your children. Um, and um, you talked about the prodigal son, which I was going to talk about too, but just that whole idea of um, trusting God and knowing that um, that you have sown the seed um, and that, that, that God is doing something, not nothing. And um, I really believe that if we can just have our hearts open and, and our homes open and just continue to love our kids and pray for them, we're going to see the fruit of some of those children um, coming home. Um, but praying for our kids and praying for us, like pray for yourself as well as your parent. Um, ask God. Um, for the wisdom to navigate those difficult situations. Um, sometimes we get faced with some curly ones and we've got to, you know, what do I do? Go to the Word of God. Um, find out from um, His Word how to, how to get through that. Um, talk to people that you know. Find wisdom, glean wisdom um, from other people. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.